Welcome to the Present in the Pain podcast, a weekly show that looks at the experience of pregnancy and child loss through the lens of the Catholic faith. I'm your host, Eileen Tully. This is the Present in the Pain podcast, and I'm Eileen Tully. And this week we are on week four of our Our Lady of Sorrows series, which is the fourth sort of sorrow, meeting Jesus on the way to Calvary. But before we dive into that, I just want to mention two retreats that I have happening this month in person. The first is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on October 15th, which also happens to be Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day. And the second one is in Jaffrey, New Hampshire on October 29th. So I would love to meet you in person and see you at these retreats if you live near one of those areas. These are open to the public, but you do need to register and you can do so on my website, which is EileenTully.com. Additionally, on my community page is my online retreat, which is always running and which can be done at your own pace um, and from the comfort of your own home. It's always happening. So that is a video retreat. That is uh, within my Present in the Pain community. And now I offer two weeks free. So you can come and check out the videos, check out the resources that are available there, sort of kick the tires a little bit on that and see if you think it would be something that's helpful to you. And um, if it is, then you can choose to subscribe to the online retreat. And if not, then you can choose not to, and that's fine. So today, let's start talking about the fourth sword of sorrow, which was meeting Jesus on the way to Calvary and just encountering our Lord in his suffering as he carried his cross on his way to die. If you remember, I felt like Our Lady was inviting me to put myself in her place with each one of these swords of suffering and the biggest thing that I could imagine was just the helplessness that she must have felt as she saw her son being carrying his cross to die and just being so badly treated. Um, She told St. Bridget of Sweden that as she walked along with John along the path that Jesus took to Calvary, she knew from the footsteps of her son that he had already passed by because the ground was stained with his blood. So... Just being the mother, you know, just imagine being the mother of Jesus at this time, not only the helplessness and the and the sadness that her son was being so cruelly treated, but also just the desire that we could take on their suffering. We could take it away from them. Any mother who has had a sick child or um you know, who has lost a child uh, can, I'm sure, put themselves in her place and just think, oh, I wish I could take this from you. I wish I could take it on myself. Father Chad Ripperger has a beautiful sermon on Our Lady of Sorrows, which you can listen to on YouTube. But he talks about sort of the feedback loop, (laughs) if you can imagine a, a loop of feedback where a microphone picks up a sound and then the sound of the speaker and then it plays that sound back into the microphone and then it keeps getting louder and louder. I'm sure you've probably heard that sound. So the feedback loop, meaning it it would just keep increasing and increasing um, of pain as Jesus sees the suffering of his mother. 
he suffers more himself because he sees her pain. But then as she sees him suffering more, she feels more pain. So there would just be, because they had this perfect ability to love between them, there would just be this sort of increase in each other's pain as they saw each other suffering. And if you remember the fourth sort of sorrow for Our Lady in meeting Jesus on this path is also the fourth station of the cross for our Lord as he encounters his mother on his way to Calvary. So we reflect on and consider the pain that was brought to both of them upon encountering each other along this path. But the thing is, she can't not be there. And um, what I was reminded of in my own experience of losing my daughter was just that, you know, much like we talked about last week, how this was the, uh, the third sort of sorrow was the only one where Mary and Jesus were separated. She didn't have him with her. And likewise, when my, when we learned about our daughters dying and they were in utero, I had them with me. And so I knew what was going on with them. But once I delivered them and my second daughter ended up spending um, over a month in the NICU. So what I had to do was to leave her there and to come back home every night to be with my children. And so I was just reminded of the third sword in the fact that I had to leave her there, but there's no way that I would have left her there alone without going back every single day to spend time with her, even though if you've had a child in the NICU, you know that the experience is so difficult. It's so stressful. It was hard to, it was over an hour away or almost an hour away. So it was like literally hard to just go back and forth and be with her. But um, the, the NICU experience is so full of ups and downs. One day is like, oh, she's having a good day today and things are looking great. And then it's sort of one step forward, two steps back the whole way. And she would have bad days where her alarms would be sounding the whole time. And, you know, you just feel this helpless sadness, wishing that you could put yourself, I I just wished I could put myself in her place or take it away or do something to help her or alleviate her suffering. It was very stressful. But accompanying others in their suffering is what this sort of sorrow is about. And so, that helpless feeling as we accompany them. We mentioned a little bit, um, I think it was two weeks ago, we talked about how that must feel for our husbands also. And St. Joseph must have felt like this, this helplessness where, you know, you just, you can't change the situation as much as you wish that you could. But accompaniment is one of the greatest gifts that we can give to others in their suffering. And I think you probably might have experienced this yourself in your grieving as people that you thought might be with you weren't. And so many people maybe didn't know what to say, or they didn't know they said the wrong things, or they tried to sort of put a silver lining on what you were experiencing. And we I, we read a, bit, a little bit about this in A Grief Observed. C.S. Lewis talks about this in chapter one, right at the beginning of the book. 
um, and we're doing that for our book club in the Present in the Pain community. We we read chapter one for September, and we'll be reading chapter two uh, for our October meeting, which is going to be on October 27th. And you can RSVP for that within the Present in the Pain community. But um, the very beginning of the book, A Grief Observed, C.S. Lewis says this, No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. I am not afraid, but the sensation is like being afraid. The same fluttering in the stomach, the same restlessness, the yawning. I keep on swallowing. At other times, it feels like being mildly drunk or concussed. There is a sort of invisible blanket between the world and me. I find it hard to take in what anyone says or perhaps hard to want to take it in. It is so uninteresting, yet I want the others to be about me. I dread the moments when the house is empty. If only they would talk to one another and not to me. I thought just that's how the book opens, and I just, I remember that feeling. I remember feeling just in a fog, feeling so... Just like there's so, I, I, I'm not like anybody else right now. I just felt so very different and alone and isolated in my experience. But what he's saying is that he doesn't want to be alone. He wants people to be there, but but not talking to him, just talking to each other. So it. I love his honesty there because it doesn't have to make sense and it probably doesn't make sense to people who haven't been through the path of grief before. But the most important thing is just their presence. He just needs somebody to be with him. And I can remember not only in in my grief, but even I had a surgery one time and afterwards in the recovery time, a couple of the medications that they had given me were interacting with each other, and the result was hallucinations. I was having hallucinations, and they were they were pretty benign. At one point, it was like gingerbread houses, um, things that just didn't make sense, but I was seeing things that clearly weren't there. I knew they weren't there, and it was so off-putting and disorienting that I just wanted someone to ground me. Like I wanted my mom to just put her hand on my leg so I knew like she's there and those things are not there. And so that same like sort of disoriented, he says it feels like being concussed or it feels like you're in a fog. There is just something so important about having other people to sort of just ground us and help us to remember that we are there, you know, this is real. Here's the present because our minds can sometimes feel like we're in the past. We're living the experience that we just went through. So when I think about Our Lady in this fourth sort of sorrow, I just recognize that while it was the most devastating thing for her to have seen him suffering like this, she also couldn't not be there. She had to accompany him. So she willingly was bearing witness to his suffering and his pain. And so that is just such an important take-home point for us that we, I'm sure we experienced that in our own 
accompanying of our children, if we were able to do that, to accompany them as they, if they were suffering, but also even just the importance of having people around us who were willing not just to offer platitudes, not to put the silver lining on things and say, well, at least you can still do this, or at least you still have this, but who were just like Romans twelve fifteen tells us, they were just able to weep with those who weep. And that really is a very difficult thing. It is actually another, it, it causes us suffering as it caused Our Lady suffering to accompany people we love in their pain. But that's why Our Lady is called the comforter of the afflicted because she knows that suffering is sometimes part of God's plan and she wants to give us the grace to endure our own sufferings and to be present for other people in theirs because she recognizes how important that is. And because that's so important, that's why I created the Present in the Pain community, which is outside of Facebook. It's an online group of support for grieving mothers. And I would love to hear your thoughts about the series on Our Lady of Sorrows. I would love to know if you are relating to any one of the swords in particular. One of them feels like it really um, hits home with you and helps you to relate to Our Lady. We have a podcast discretionary on there. We have the book club there where we discuss uh, a grief observed. And then also the online retreat is there. And I would invite you to come and try it out for two weeks and see if it seems like it would be something that would be helpful for you. Also, if this podcast has been helpful to you, would you please take a moment and just hit subscribe or even better, leave a review to help other grieving mothers to be able to find it? I would be so grateful if you would do that. So that's all we have for this week on the fourth sort of sorrow. Next week, we'll be talking about the fifth sort of sorrow, which is watching Jesus standing at the foot of the cross as he is crucified. Until then, I'm Eileen Tully, and I'm so thankful that you're here. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please consider hitting subscribe and leaving a review so that other people are better able to find it. Also, if you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show in any amount, it would be helpful for maintaining the podcast hosting and production costs. Thanks for prayerfully considering that.